You know, and we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Welcome to another episode of the Rights and Wrongs of Protestant Podcast. I am your host, Ms. Green, and we are covering episode five of Wow Women of Wrestling on Access TV. You can watch them every Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern. And uh, you want to check your local, your, your local times for anything outside of Eastern, I, I would imagine it'd be um, what, 5 or 4 p.m. If it's running at the same time on a Pacific. But I certainly want to check in and make sure you have that. I have noted that some people said that I don't get access TV. Uh, let me let me repeat something I said last week to, as a response to one of the uh, comments that I got. Uh, I use Sling when I wanted to watch access TV. I, I have subscribed to them. That's about uh, 25 a month. Uh, you know, so... Just make sure that you get the package that has it if, you, if you're wanting to get it solely for that. But I would imagine you want to see what other channels you have on on there as well. Uh, that is not a uh, paid thing. I, I'm just uh, making a little comment to help some people out. In any case, the WPN, the Women's Pro Wrestling Network's podcast of rights and wrongs of pro wrestling. Getting back to the whole point of this deal. It is all about the review we don't want to get too far off track because we got got some stuff to go through here and get this uh, this review going. But before I do that, if you are listening to this for the first time and you have not subscribed to the channel, please do so. Your support means the world to the growth of this channel. That is for those of you that are listening to this via YouTube. If you are not listening to it via YouTube, you're streaming and your download it certainly helps. Uh, you can listen to this podcast wherever greater podcasts are available. But most definitely on podbean.com. You can go to iTunes. We are there. But the best place for you to go is to go right to the Women's Pro Wrestling Network website, WPNWrestling.com. That will be the nexus for everything. If you scroll down, you will not only see a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week stream of all the videos that we produce. But if you go just underneath that, you will see... Uh, every podcast that comes up, it goes right to that page. It, it, you will not miss a thing. It's, it's like clockwork. So that is one thing for you to do right there. Make sure you uh, check into that. Um, but for those of you that are listening to this via the YouTube channel, uh, your subscriptions mean everything. So if you would subscribe and then not only subscribe, but hit the little bell so you get the notifications for when these things pop up. You will not regret it, and more importantly, it will not cost you a dime. Won't cost you anything except your time to do it. And, and same thing for all, everybody with the uh, MP3 versions on the Podbean and whatnot. Won't cost you anything to do it, but just to subscribe, and that is all it takes. 
So anyhow, uh, for those that have enjoyed the show, uh, both the these podcasts and both the WOW uh, Women of Wrestling program, uh, please feel free to leave your comments wherever you uh, are available to leave comments, whether that be YouTube or sending them over to me directly or on Facebook. Uh, I appreciate those and the like reading those on the air to, to uh, help spark some uh, further debate. Uh, but you can also uh, take advantage of our poll, which this week has gone up by 10%. This is uh, for, like I said, episode five in the WOW uh, universe. You know, I don't know if they even officially use it as WOW universe, but you understand what I mean. Uh, 88% loved the show. 12% did not. I'm, a, I'm, I'm actually somewhat shocked of uh, the, the percentage there that somebody actually went on and said they didn't like it. Or maybe you, maybe if you're out there and you're listening, you're supporting the democratic process. I don't know, but it seems like it did change at least by you know one or two people, as far as the um, the vote is concerned. But still, overall, more people like the show than not. If you want your voice to be heard as far as it relates to our poll, you got two ways to do that. You can go on Facebook and you do uh, the poll there. I'll try to put that up along with the uh, the episode reviews. Once a week now, at least that, that is the effort. And also, on the annotation on the YouTube videos, there's a, a little link that you can click right there at the top right corner of the video. It'll pop up at some point that says, you know, you can take the poll now. Whether you, I thought the show was great or I thought it sucked, you just click it, and then you're done. That, that moves it on. It won't, won't even break stride of what you're doing. So, yeah, if you, you want to help... Uh, Get some sort of idea how many people like or loathe, if it as it were. Wow, uh, that's one of the best ways you could do it right here. So, uh, I am uh, I'm increasingly impressed with what they have done, considering that I have watched Wow from the, from its inception back in 2000 up until today. Now, the, the uh, show has changed drastically since then in terms of venue in terms of cast which obviously because you're almost looking at 20 years at this point but uh production which is another obvious point because technologies change and, and what have you but uh the, the presentation and who they've hired and all that stuff and, and it continues to show this this episode is no different there's probably a couple little nitpicky points i have but I, I will put that out with the with the caveat that I understand what WOW is trying to do versus your average wrestling program that you might find on, say, YouTube or you know, whatever. So the show starts off with the cold open. Main event recap of the story of Jungle Girl, the Beast, and Tessa Blanchard basically showing, you know, uh, how we've how we've got to this point where these three are tied somewhat neck and neck. I mean, let, let's excuse the fact that Tessa Blanchard is the champion at this point. But they're somewhat tied neck and neck in the run for being the top person in the company. So, you know, I, they, they do a wonderful job of the recaps. They, they do an excellent job on recaps. That There's nothing that I could say about that at all. They, they uh, deliver the, the story 
Uh, there was a little less revisionist history in this particular package. And, 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 you know, that was probably the word I was looking for for the last couple of weeks. Revisionist history. You know, when they say something like Lana Star held on the title since 2001 or Girl was undefeated since, uh, you know, for 18 years. You know, that it's, 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 it's just the wording. And, and I love me some Jungle Girl. I just, you know, I, I like that in this package... They just portrayed her as the badass, and that's all she needs. Like she, she didn't need all that other stuff. I mean, I understand it makes it sound better, but she didn't need all that other stuff. They portrayed her up as being exactly what she is. She's the resident badass of WoW, and what I've called her from this, you know, for some time now, she's the legacy act, and that's what she should be. She should be special. She should be the legacy of that company. You know, she's still in magnificent shape. She can still do. Uh, what she had done so that that is the the real key here and uh this package helps shows that one thing i did find a little odd or at least i i nitpicked that i, I will admit is that it also showed the additional footage of what happened the week prior if you looked at episode four uh you noticed that the show went off the air with tessa blanchard hitting jungle girl in the head with a uh, briefcase knocking her out and the beast kind of like, what are you doing? Why, you know, what's happening here? And I think Tessa at that point is like, you know, now we're even, you're welcome. You know, that that's what she said on, on the TV show. You're welcome. Now in this package this week, as we open up, now we're seeing stuff that we hadn't saw in that in the uh, last week, the previous show. And you're seeing the additional footage of uh, the beast getting the cover on 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 uh, Jungle Girl. Jungle Girl's knocked out. Beast goes over there kind of like not wary about it. Not not wary in the sense that Junk Girl's gonna pop up, but but more wary in that why are you helping me? As towards Tessa Blanchard. And she gets the pin. One, two, three. She's now beating Jungle Girl. And Tessa's outside. You're welcome. Now we got to that point. And we move past that to the you know the vignette of Jungle Girl. Nah, not Jungle Girl, the Beast. Um, now with a contract in her hand. Now, where she got the contract from, I don't know. You know, we'll just choose suspension of disbelief. She she has a contract. She knows what Tessa Blanchard is. She walks downstairs. She sees us hanging around, and she just kind of slams this contract by her head and like signed the contract. We assume that is a contract for the championship match, uh, which. Once the beast leaves, Tessa Blanchard laughs off. So that that is something. Now, here's the nitpicking part. I would have preferred that this last, I don't know, let's say that was three to four minutes worth of show that they cut off from the previous week. That that last couple of minutes of the show, that they just say, "Hey guys, we're running out of TV time," which is probably true. They got they have a slotted amount of time that WoW has to air. But if it was running long, I mean, it's not like you can't uh, address that any longer. You know, back back in the days when was, when I was watching WCW Saturday Night, and they would say that I don't want to say constantly, but it happened more often, you know, more than than it didn't. I would think. Uh, you just had to wait. That's all there was to it. There was no, well, you can go online and see the rest of it or check out Overflow or anything like that. That didn't happen. If Unless they were 
prior approved by the network. Once they said it was going off the air, it was going off the air. It was a hard stop. Yes, it's known for coming on the air at 6.05, but it also ends at 7.05. Hard stop. And if not 7.05, 8.05, if they gave it two hours that week. And once you hit that, okay, we're done. End of story. But here in this, this day and age with this technology, there is no reason that WOW, WOW management or the creators of that couldn't have said, hey, we're running out of TV time. Go check us out on our Facebook page and get the results of this match or you know, something along those lines. Or go to our website, WWE, whatever, I think it's a .com. And, uh, you know, watch the end result of the match. Because here, we, I mean, we're finding, finding out the match actually did end. If you was basing solely off of what you saw last week, it would look like another no contest. I'm like, ah, okay, come on, man. I say like, you can do a little better than that. Just, just you know, get let's get a pinfall in here. And they did, you know, but we didn't see that. So it, get, it gives a little bit of a false read um, that – they didn't include this. And like I said, I would think at this stage it wouldn't be that difficult to do unless somebody there is like, I, you know, I don't want to run it on our social media. I just want it to be on TV. Now, if that's the case, then that's their prerogative. But uh, I would prefer, and I'll say I, I would prefer that it would actually give you something beforehand and you just pick it up from that next week. Uh, the second segment has a... Uh, uh, I, I shouldn't say the second segment. Part part of this same segment, once we come out of the recap, is Tessa Blanchard going into Dave McClain's office, which basically sets the stage of us as the viewer now understanding that there's potentially some sort of uh, barter agreement between Tessa Blanchard and Sophia Lopez and that they are somehow manipulating the system in order to handpick her own opponents. And because Dave McClain's in there is like, I don't know how y'all are doing it, but I know that you're doing it, and this, that, and the other. And I, you know, and that in and of itself, I have no problem with that storyline. And I, it's been done like a lot of things in wrestling and entertainment is 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 you know it's not new. Um, it's fine, you know, it, it it works for me. The thing that I did have a problem with, well, you know what? Let, let's let's rewind this back here. A second. Let's let's clear this segment off. Because as she walks in and you know confronts David McClain and he's he's going on about I know that y'all are manipulating this. I don't know how you're doing it, but you but you did it. Tessa basically turns to him and says, Look, I'm we haven't done anything. I haven't done anything. And I I'll tell you what, I will take on the next person that walks through that door. And more or less saying that just to prove a point. So the next person that walks through the door is Raina Reyes. Who you know, Knox comes on in, and and then Tessa's like, okay, there you go, there's your main event. And she walks off. Now, when she leaves, David McClain looks at Rez like, Rez, what what are you doing here? And she's like, well, you call for me. <laughs> like, and David's going, who told you that? And now we now we as the viewer are hearing, Sophia Lopez stopped me in the hall, and you know, sent sent me on there. So so it's being unfolded that Sophia Lopez. Tessa Blanchard have some sort of uh, agreement of, to help uh, manipulate who's getting title shots and who is not, I would, it, it would seem. The only issue I have with this is that some of it, in my view, doesn't make a lot of sense. 
I mean, uh, maybe it will unveil itself as making sense later on down the line. But as of right now, as of this moment that we are finding out that they are manipulating the system, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Because I think back to, uh, well, I guess episode two, where she accepted some money and we got the match between Tessa Blanchard and Serpentine, uh, Thunderosa, for those of you that are not familiar. And I'm not sure, I was like, well, why would she then be paired off and working with the same person uh, to do this? Much less... Uh, and I, I, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but much less to pick somebody who would be a credible threat to my championship. If if I'm if I'm playing the heel, and I'm playing the heel in the role of I am handpicking my own opponents, the last thing that I want to do is pick somebody who could potentially beat me. That doesn't you know that doesn't make a terrible uh, amount of sense to me, but. You know, what can I say? And like I said, it, it, it may unveil itself as the seasons roll on. Uh, I would certainly hope so, because if it ends with this, then it's like, this, that's nonsensical. So we have that. We know what the, what how this is going on. Segment two. Jungle Girl opens up the show with a promo, which recaps the entire idea of why she is Jungle Girl. I love this. Why do I love this? Because despite the fact that she lost a week earlier, she comes out in a traditional wrestling style and gives you every reason why she is still the number one girl, despite the fact that she got beat. It took two of you to beat me. I've been doing this a long time. You know, I, I, I've been tearing through this thing. You know, and and <clears throat> when you go, when you see the the, the recap, I mean. Yes, the match showed uh, the Bees being dominant at points, but she as the heel, and I guess she's going full heel now, um, has come in and and pretty much erased that. Like, what are you talking about? No, I I didn't lose. It took two of them to beat me. It took the Beast, which is the biggest, baddest girl here, and it took a steel briefcase being swung by Tessa Blanchard to knock me out. So it is not difficult for us as the viewer to understand the point that she's getting across because she has made it crystal clear. Now, she's doing it from her perspective, but it still works. It's, it still absolutely works that she can do that. And then she goes on to say, hey, you know, if Beast, if you want to have Tessa in your corner, then go ahead and do that. Just just go ahead and bring her out there from the get-go. And, and if you can do it the other way around, Tessa, if you want Beast in your corner, then you do that. So now she's, you know, the arrogance is coming, is starting to bleed back out. The commentators are carrying on about it. So I guess it's an, it's an official turn that uh, Jungle Girl is is going back to being heel. And when I say going back, I'm, you know, I'm talking years ago, but she uh, has uh, officially taken the the heel role here, which is fine. I I, I have no issue with it, although that. A lot of them seem to just be showing up in shades of gray. Uh, Jungle Girl, Tessa Blanchard, The Beast, they, they all seem to be showing up in some level of gray, in, in my view. Because I don't, I don't know if they're going clear-cut heel just yet. At least not in the case of Jungle Girl. But uh, she does that. In my view, she stays strong despite the loss and pretty much just says, all right, bring someone out here. 
So now we got match one. We got Sassy Massey versus Jungle Girl, Alicia Edwards, or, or at least. Sassy is positioned as the, as the clear baby face. Now, that is one thing that you there's don't, no mistaking that. She's the baby face here. Uh, but Jungle Girl is also all business. And after Sassy Massey's offense, Jungle Girl comes out at a one count. Not even stay down for a two. And... Uh, <laughs> It, it just it, it shows, in, in my view, that's a subtle thing, but it shows just how, you know, we're going to keep Jungle Girl strong, and she did that. She remained strong just in something simple, like, you give me this flurry, and I'm she's practically got her showed up before the one count came down, almost. So it works for me. Um, and. <clears throat> uh, one of the big spots there, and again, this kind of shows that strength of Jungle Girl. There was an attempt at a wheelbarrow bulldog from Sassy Massey, which, of course, she turns runs in, turns around, hooks the bite of scissors, and then, then hooks the head, and boom, there's, there's your bulldog out of a wheelbarrow. But Jungle Girl managed to turn that bite of scissors into a German suplex and shows that strength advantage. Uh, Sassy Massey did, however, get one in a little bit later on, but it wasn't enough. Junk Girl ultimately hits her with a jungle driver and then goes up for the splash. Now, one thing, and, and I know as far as her wrestling talent is concerned, this won't make a difference, but it should be noted that physically speaking, Junk Girl is, is, a, is a larger, more, you know, arguably more powerful woman. So there, there was a little element of fighting an uphill battle as related to Sassy Massey, and I will say this as you know because I, I still have a it's still weird for me to be like Sassy Massey. That's just kind of a <laughs> a cartoony name. However, and she isn't the only one. Let me let me, uh, let me get that out there. But despite the name, I have to say. That Alicia Edwards, Kara Hogan, Diamante, uh, you know some some of the other girls in there who have had <clears throat> what some fans have called uh, gimmicky names, or you know you know those kind of old wild names and old characters that they used to like to throw out there all the time. Well, I don't know if I've seen anybody able to make it work like they have Alicia Edwards in this particular case because it's not as if she came out doing the whole I'm from Boston and all you know stuff like that you know she 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 didn't play up some some weird character about it everything i got from them is the, is just the name it's it's just the name and the outfit you know they they they've done it they acknowledged that she wrestled on the independence so i mean i'm 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 good with it and how many times can i say it in certain instances, I think it's going to be very difficult to have a bad match. Here's one while, like, this is going to be very difficult for them to have a bad match. Both of them are pretty well schooled outside of the wild confines. And, I, you know, I know that some people are like, well, you know, wild girls are also fine. And that might be. But they, they just overall don't all have the experience level because it's been in one facility. And, and even the best trainers will tell you that. It's like, you, you got to leave at some point. You gotta leave just because the next guy might see something that the first one didn't, and you know, even if it's a, a promoter or what have you, that they're gonna they're gonna look at you like, hey, well, you know, that's great. I saw your stuff, and you you do this, but here's a little something I want to add to that. And uh, 
things like that help you grow. So I know Alicia has traveled around. I know Erica Porter, a.k.a. Jungle Girl, traveled around. So I, I expected the best out of this uh, from the moment I saw it. In any case, Jungle Girl now does the heel thing. After she connects with the first splash, she gets up there. She, she refuses the pin. She goes for the pin, pulls the hair up, and she's like, all right, I'm going to do it again. So she goes up, hits the second splash off the top rope. Same deal. Going for the cover, one, two, pulls the hair up. Nope, do it, do it again. And the competition is going on about, you know, she looked like she's trying to make a point. And she may have, but here is where, I guess, the heel shines through in that Chantilla Chelly came in to try to save her partner. Where Jungle Girl essentially just laid her out too, popped her in the face, gave her the Jungle Driver, and brought them both over to the middle of the ring to give a high splash. Now, I don't know if they cut it out of the show or whatever the case may be, but I thought it would have been cool if Jung Girl had actually done it. Because she'd already, I mean, they threw the match out. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the no contest thing, but they already threw it out. Uh, I, I would have liked to have seen it. It's like, you know, if, if you're going to keep building her and portraying her as this badass that she can take on the world, then why not? Why not have had her to go up for that last time to the top rope, fly over the referees, and nail both Chinchilla and and Sassy simultaneously. Now, the only downside that I would see with that is that I, I would tend to believe it might hurt some of the equity in that tag team. But that's that's open for debate. But I but I didn't get the whole idea from the, the no contest thing again. It's like let's let's avoid some of that. Um segment four, we got a voiceover with Lana Starr putting up a sign over Jesse Jones locker room sign. Uh, to fool the Dixie Darlings. Now, this is the first time that we're getting the opportunity to even see the Dixie Darlings, and, they, and it's in a backstage vignette. They're going into what they believe is their locker room, which essentially gets them to walk into Jesse Jones and Amber O'Neill because they're, you know, uh, pretty much just kind of chilling out on their on their free, on their downtime. Uh, <clears throat> this sets up a match. I. I guess long term it's, it sets up a match because it didn't set up anything here. I mean, you got the Dixie Dollars and it introduced them, but I don't know how flattering it is for them to be introduced this way, particularly what we find out about them later on I mean, going forward because here they, they walk into the place, they're fooled by Lana Star, who puts a sign up there. Then they're immediately kicked out of that same locker room that they were fooled into. And then they step into the ring with the Monsters of Madness. So, I mean, it, it just seemed a, a, a bit much to me. Um, maybe I, I've overthought it. Feel free to leave your, your personal comments below. Uh, maybe you can uh, provide a, a different outlook on that. So, uh, the Lana Star voiceover that happens at the beginning, again, we do not see her. We just see her hands putting the sign up on the um, on the wall over Jesse Jones' sign. So we would tend to believe that this is some revenge angle, but I think I said it when they wrestled the first time. I was like, this is a heel versus heel thing. Uh, yeah, you could do it, but really? In any case... 
We we have that. And uh, it looks as if this goes around the Dixie Dollars and just goes into a feud with, with Lana. So, or at least the feud with Lana and Faith Alliance will continue. It's probably the, the best way to put that. Segment 5 recasts the feud between Abilene Maverick and Steffi Slays right up to the point where Abilene Maverick has faked injury to uh, get out of uh, having a match with Slays. And this time is no different. She comes out the ringside with her neck brace on and and uh, carrying on about, you know, I, I can't do this. I'm, I'm hurt. I'm legitimately hurt. And then she starts dropping the, the smart and... Uh, I'm gonna. I got somebody that can replace me that'll learn you something, and you know the 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 little puns based on their names, which which here it worked. Here it worked. I I will I will give it that. It, it worked in this context because you have somebody that's tossing out the hints of uh, who who it is that uh, slaves may be facing, which she did face because the disciplinarian came in from behind and double accent her in the back. Now keep in mind that Slays have beaten the disciplinarian already. So it makes sense to me that she would want to come in there and be the one to uh, attack her on your behalf because she had been beaten by Stevie Slays. And she and not only has she been beaten by Stevie Slays, she's the only person who had been beaten by Stevie Slays. The disciplinarian on record right now is the only person who has ever lost to Stevie Slays. So now we are still building towards um, this ultimate showdown between Abilene Maverick and Steffi slays at some point. I I guess she will get her comeuppance eventually. But today was not the day as it was. It was the disciplinarian substituting for Abilene Maverick, who quite frankly has chilled out on wrestling in general, at least as it relates to the independent circuit. I did mention that in the previous podcast. Uh, for those who are maybe a new listener, Barbie Hayden, who is Abilene Maverick on the wild roster, has made it official that she, outside of WOW, she is no longer accepting booking dates. She's pretty much given wrestling a rest, or at least independent wrestling a rest. So, uh, one, I guess it should be pointed out that Abilene also point goes to the commentary booth, and they are kind of riding her about, you know, you've been you've lied about this before, you lied about the, the your knee being hurt. What makes why should we believe you now? And of course she's she's playing up the heel thing. I'm hurt. I I was in a skiing accident and blah blah blah. Uh other than the fact that Samantha Smart pops slays uh like one or two times I think you know, you got a fairly fair win from the disciplinary. She picks up slays Hoists her into a TKO position, which is basically a, a, a diamond cutter outside of a uh, fireman's carry. Boom, one, two, three. The TKO puts Slays out, and there we have it. Uh, Samantha Smart gets on the mic. She cuts a promo. She is uh, carrying on about she, her being the IQ superior to everyone's IQ inferior. Uh, I've been waiting on them to do some some sort of promos with her so we can kind of get an idea of what was going on. I, I, I guess the promo was fine. I it didn't seem to go anywhere. It didn't, you know, it it didn't seem to serve any purpose, at least to me, other other than the fact that hey, I'm IQ superior, and you know, you people are entertained and yada yada yada. 
Uh, I would prefer something that would at least kind of push the disciplinarian forward. You know that that that's the job. Your manager, your job is to get your your client over it. So I would I would prefer her talking about her, if anything. Um, but that didn't happen. So it was just something to hear her talk. I guess it would. I put it this way: it was not the nearly the amount of emotion that I got out of the Jungle Girl promo. Not last week or this week. Uh, Jungle Girl seems like a, a a far better promo, and I don't know how much of, uh, Smart's stuff was written. Whether they said, "Hey, we'll, we'll just give you a script and go out there and read it," because there's always the danger of that these days. There's always the danger of just scripting somebody out a little bit too much. But it was a but it was a promo that, like I said, it, it, to me it didn't serve any purpose, other than let's just have her talk. Uh, segment seven, we got um, Siren, another Siren vignette pushing the Princess Ozzy story along. Holiday was still wandering around in the background. Uh, Nina Monet has always been an exceptionally good talker. And for those of you who don't know, I'm talking about Siren is being portrayed by Nina Monet, and she still wrestles under that name under on the uh, independent circuit. Uh, when I first met her, and when she was part of the tag team, probably with the partner that she would not like me to bring up at this point. <laughs> but uh, she, if you wanted to get a, a promo out of that team, that she was the one that you should go to. She was always good at uh, if you just. Gave her some bullet points and, you know, hey, I need to talk about this, fine. She, she could just fire it out. So it's not surprising to me at all that she would be good in this scenario either. Um, she plays up the, 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 the voodoo queen very well or the voodoo doll on uh, WoW very well because she also has that outside of WoW. So, I mean, this all feels... Very second nature, like she could do it, you know, it's like knowing the back of your hand or, or whatever the case may be. The only thing that I didn't get with this thing, I mean, because it comes off well, it looks, it's shot well, the vignettes do well, they always have. She's doing her, you know, her spooky rhyme. Uh, and you can kind of get what was what's in between the words. You can kind of be like, okay, is she... Inviting her over to the dark side. Are they trying to convert her? I mean, that that was my first guess when they kidnapped her two weeks ago. It was, you know, what what's happening here? Uh, are they trying to make a, a voodoo slave out of her? Out of something, you know, you know what I mean? But there, there's been no clear cut version of that. The voodoo thing does keep the storyline going, but it's also like, well, man, you know. This woman got kidnapped on wild television. Is nobody going to make any effort to try to get her? I mean, in, in the kayfabe universe of wow, if they were all real, if this was all real, wouldn't somebody back there try to get her? I mean, does she not have any friends? Does nobody in the locker room care enough to be like, we need to go find this woman. She's been gone for two weeks two weeks and no nobody knows where she is nobody's got a ransom note there hasn't been any cut and dry explanation they haven't called the police nothing it's just it's just princess ozzy's gone that's it that, that, 
There's no rhyme or reason behind it. We, we, as a viewer, you still don't know why she was kidnapped. I mean, like I said, it's kind of vague as to why she's kidnapped. You still don't know what's heading towards, you know, the reason, you know, what the goal line is her being kidnapped is. Uh, we can guess. Like I said, my best guess is that she's going to be kind of roped into their world or, or something along those lines. But uh, no, man, I, somebody, at least a tag team partner, should have said, hey, can we do something here or whatever the case may be. But nope, nothing, not at all. Nino Day does a great job. I just still do not understand what's happening. I'll, that's probably the best thing I can say about it. She does a phenomenal job with what she's doing. I just still do not understand where this is going. And, and hey, I'm, I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to look at it, but... Just keep that in mind. May, may, you know, just just give a couple of seconds of thought on that. If this were real, shouldn't somebody have done something by now? Uh, segment eight, the monsters of madness. That uh, havoc and hazard taking on the debut team of the Dixie Darlings. If you did not see this match, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's a match that you can skip. This is a this is a total squash. Now it is good in this regard because I do I, I'll admit I miss a good squash match every once in a while because the whole purpose behind a squash match on Saturdays back in the day was to get the person that was doing the squashing over. The, you know that they just all they needed was a showcasing of their moves. The, the other two, the other person in the ring was just a body. You know, and it got you a way to beat somebody up without your star having to suffer for it or, or without another star in the roster having to suffer for it. And that's pretty much what you got here. The Dixie Darlings came in and they did the job. They, they, they were beaten and not just beaten, they were beaten handily. So nothing wrong with that. I, I'm not saying if you have to skip it skip it because it's bad i'm saying if you you know if you're pressed for time or whatever the case may be the the outcome is clear for the moment that they walk into that ring you're not you're not missing anything is what i'm saying havoc and hazard were going to win that match the second i saw the dixie darlings walk up on that apron and that's exactly what they did they just beat them up plowed through them pinned them and then they cut a promo at the end. So, so as far as the monsters of madness are concerned, they they've done their job, and I and I believe that this was also a another round in the very vague tag team tournament that Wow is doing. And here's another part for that: How on earth did the Dixie Darlings even get in this tournament? They weren't even a part of the company when it was announced. Like what? How? How did that even occur? Why? I mean, it, it was it, it was nice. I guess it was it was a nice easy win. But you know, you would think that the tag team tournament that we're going to reach out to the best tag teams we have. Now, if I'm basing it off of this match, they weren't that good. They got beaten up and eliminated quickly. So I don't know. And if we're going to talk about the tag team and the tag team tournament, or we need to, or, or as they call it, the tag team series, 
then let's go over some of the people who have advanced and some because you know this is the the only way that you can kind of narrow this down because <sighs> five weeks in and we still have no brackets, we have no announcements of teams or, or any of that stuff like that. So you just have to kind of piece it together as you go. So we we've had Lana Star and Faith Alliance eliminated by Amber O'Neill and Jesse Jones, Grits and Glam. They they have advanced. The Monsters of Madness advanced this week over the Dixie Darlings, so we got two teams in. Sassy Massey and Chantilla Chella, they both, despite getting brutalized earlier in the show, previously in the tag team series, they both advanced, uh, defeating Abilene Maverick and the Disciplinarian. Uh, Siren the Voodoo Doll and Holiday advanced over the Bully Busters, which was you know, another kind of, we'll, we'll put them together for a night, but beyond that, there's nothing happening there. Uh, the Psycho Sisters, I believe they were the first ones to advance in this series. And they advanced over Princess Ozzy and Reina Reyes. And those are all the, so we got five teams. We have five teams right now who have all advanced towards going to the next round which is uneven, but I do believe that there is another match that's coming up because we did hear that Fire and Adrillin have announced themselves as we're going into the tag team tournament. Now, the question here is who is left for them to take on? I asked that question last week. Uh, it's, it's getting, I guess, a little easier to kind of pick through. The only team that I see that is left for them to go against would be the Vengeful Vixens, Dagger and Temptress. That they could get in the ring with them. They are already an established tag team. Uh, and clearly, if you're just a tag team, that's that's reason enough to be able to get in. Uh, or it could be Nikki Krampus and Serpentine, perhaps led by Sofia Lopez, because one thing I have noticed is that we've got a lot of shades of gray as far as these matches are concerned. Just... You know, you don't necessarily have a baby face in the heel all the time. Just, you know, who happens to be up against each other, I guess. But those are the only ones. I mean, unless we're going to go with Teal Piper, who hasn't made her debut yet, or Chloe Hertz, and I haven't seen her back. I, I believe that's that's all the people I can think of. So, or, or if they're going to bring some other outside team in just to fluff it up. But... If we get this next bracket, let's just assume that it'll be Fire and the Drilling versus the Vengeful Vixens, Dagger and Temptress. If we get this next match, then we will have six teams in the finals. or well, not the finals, but we'll have six teams that they can uh, proceed from that point on and kind of bracket out. Although I wish they would bracket them out. They're, they're not unveiling any of that. But who says they got to do stuff because I want it, right? So here we go. Dixie Darlings squashed. Next segment, segment nine, video package on Raina Rays, which same thing as the last time I saw it do it. It was very good. Very good package. And, and you know, I, I take wow for what it is. I understand that the presentation for their show is very different than uh, some wrestling programs out there right now. If, if you're listening to this now, then you would know that NWA Power has already aired on YouTube. And it is a very old school 
uh, studio feel to it. And there's there's not a, a lot of cutting away from stuff. That this is kind of a catch the action as you catch the action type deal. I bring that up to say why was the opposite of that? It's it's very much a TV show, and and it shows. Yes, they have you know the matches, and the matches have been you know pretty good up at this point. I have to say, especially this one I'm about to talk about. But uh, you know, aside from that, it, it is. It, we know that the presentation is going to be a little bit more doctored than most of the wrestling programs out here. Why? Because they can, I guess. But <clears throat> as long as you know that, as long as you accept it, as long as you're good with it, then, then, then this is an enjoyable show. Like It's very easy to watch. You know, commercials aside, you got an hour to kind of get in and get out of it. Not, not a big deal, especially for a wrestling program. You know, these days we're dealing with two and three hours on a regular, so... An hour worth of wrestling is, you know, very digestible. And so we go back around to what was promoted in the first segment of the show. Uh, the main event, Raina Reyes takes on Tessa Blanchard. Uh, I put in my notes when this match started, why set up Reyes? I, I personally did not get that. Uh, if for no other reason than this. And again, we got to put on our kayfabe hat. And kind of look at it through the the eyes of if this were legit and if it was real. Why put somebody in the ring that is going to give me a difficult time? If I am the person that's manipulating this, then why would I do this? I don't understand that. Especially after having watched the match. I I just did not get it. It It didn't make a lot of sense to me because... It was a good match. If you don't look at anything else here, I mean, you should enjoy this main event. The main event was kick-ass, and I, I couldn't expect the two of them not to, to be able to do it. Um, we all, Tessa Blanchard, you know, that that speaks for itself. She, she's exceptionally good, probably does not get the credit that she um, deserves, quite frankly, as it relates to, you know, some of the – uh, the wrestling world. I mean, I, I'm sure she'll get it now, just because she's she's in with a a network that can help promote it. Uh, she may not get the promotional machine that her colleague, her her next generation four horsewoman colleague Charlotte gets, because that's what the WWE does. They they're just an over over the top marketing machine. But she but I don't think she gets gets the credit that she deserves for being as good as she is. And she is very good. Uh, here with uh, Ray's, Jalesh Shaw, uh, she showed that she she showed me something also. She showed me how good she is. And I this is one of the first times I really had a chance to see her perform at this level. And she performed at a high level in this match. Um, she had a great flurry of offense. Just, just from the get go, that was cut off by Blanchard, uh, and I see that Reyes is. I mean, she's not portrayed as a high fly, but she has a, a pretty high flying offense. <clears throat> she she did a, a sky twister from the top rope to the floor, um, and then came back in and splashed Blanchard again. It, it was pushing to the point where Reyes only not got the three count because Blanchard was too close to the ropes. She grabbed the ropes and she broke up the pin. Um, she did a, a Spanish fly to Tessa Blanchard. 
And I mean, it was it was just a phenomenal. I'm hesitant to say performance. It was a ph- phenomenal match between the two of them, and it it is again. This is the part that made me feel like, well, why did she pick this woman? Because she is like barely surviving. If you're the champion and, and I'm having some sort of control, so to speak, over who I'm wrestling, why would I do this? And then the other side of that equation is this much. I, I remember reading an article in the PWI magazine back in the day, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, for those of you that don't know. And uh, well, first off, let's just make it clear that those articles back then were just made up fluff. They just, you know, they wanted to sell magazines. But the stories was pretty good, even you know, even though they weren't legit, they were working too. But I remember one where they had Ric Flair, uh, and this is the early '90s, and he was uh, gifting title shots to Elegante because Elegante was the new big monster on the block, and they're like, "Well, I want to wrestle him." And uh, now remember, this is all in the magazine. This is not on on TV, so don't nobody go trying to run and look it up. So, but they, they were talking about the house show run that they were having because Flair had a series of matches with Elegante, which he either had broken up by the horseman or, you know, Elegante won't break the hole or something like that. The logic of that being is that when he was actually becoming good, he can always, he being Ric Flair, can always turn around and say, well, look, I already gave him his title shots. He didn't get anything. I gave, I gave him. 30 championship matches in a row on the house show circuit. If he couldn't beat me then, he's going to have to earn his way back up. So now that logic, I I could say could apply here where Tessa's like, well, you know, I've already beaten this person, so why, why would I turn around and then give them another one? I, I doesn't matter how bad it was. But again, in my view, it doesn't make a, a terrible heap of sense. If I were going to do the the whole deal as the champion like hey i'll take on the next person that comes to the door and i'm going to manipulate who comes to the door then i'm going to get on the person that has clearly been established as the <laughs> as not in the not in her caliber we'll put it that way i don't want to say anything mean we, 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 we would grab somebody that's not her caliber we'd grab a, a steffi slays or we'd grab one of the the dixie darlings or, or somebody somebody that she can go in there and just have a field day with, not Ray's, because Ray's pushed her to the absolute limit. I mean, she looked like Tessa looked like she barely escaped with her title. That being, she tries to go for the Diamond DDT, and Ray's does a great counter of that, almost gets the pinfall, but she pops right back up, and Tessa goes for that Diamond DDT a second time, hits it, boom, one, two, three, and I retain after being bounced around all over this ring and seeing how bad the Reyes is good. I mean, how bad she's good. What kind of sense does that make? Let me try that again. With seeing, seeing how good Reyes is, I don't know why I said that. That that just came out all wrong. But I, seeing how good she is in the ring, seeing that Spanish fly from the top rope, the sky, sky twister press, all of these things that she could do, how athletic she is, you know, there is absolutely zero reason that she should be like, hey, I'll give her a rematch or whatever the case would be. She she should be going to Dave McClain like, no, nah, we, 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 or not Dave McClain. She should be going to Sofia Lopez like, that plan didn't work. <laughs> almost, almost lost here. 
You know, that something, because that clearly couldn't have been anybody's plan. If it was, it wasn't a good one. And on the other side of that, Ray should be saying, you know what? I think I deserve a title shot. And I can see that now. I can see just based on this performance alone, I was like, she deserves a championship shot. I mean, just just think about it in the terms of this is all supposed to take place within the course of the hour. And the way that they sold it on commentary is that, well, she just got informed about this at the top of the show or, you know, something like that. And she didn't have time to prepare for Tessa Blanchard. All right, so fine. Here's this woman who does this amazing job in the ring with Tessa on less than 50 minutes notice that she's getting a championship match. And she almost, she comes within a hair of winning the match. Does she not deserve a rematch where she could actually adequately prepare for getting in there with Tessa Blanchard and facing her on a, on a level playing field? If anything, I would say that that should push Reyes up to a, uh, up into that upper tier where she could be one of those people like, hey, look, I think I got a legitimate claim here too. I'm, I'm going after, I want to go after the title. Uh, I doubt that that'll happen, but it it feels like that was where it should go, just based on on this alone. Uh, but I know Jungle Girl and the Beast are going to remain the top contenders for this title for the time being. It feels like it is going to be a three-way race, at least for a short while. We've already weeded off Havoc. Havoc has, unless something changes, she's shifted gears. They've had the tag team match. Now she's in the uh, um, the tag team tournament. So she she still has potential to walk away with gold with with her new partners. I, I can't really see them just breaking them up just for the sake of having it get another single shot. Uh, even though she plays a, a great monster, they they have a beast. So so, you know, I, I don't think that's gonna be you know something that they need until they need it, where the beast needs somebody to go against that could put her in jeopardy again. So there we have it. You know, the, those are the the thoughts for that particular match. Now, bear in mind, this match also ended with the return. Of Jungle Girl. She comes back out to get even after after Tessa just barely wins that match. Here comes Jungle Girl and attacks Tessa afterwards, dropping her on the mat and then coming down off the top rope, delivering that big splash, her finish to the ribs of Tessa Blanchard. She picks up the belt, walks over to her, drops it on her ribs, and more or less the announcers at this point are saying that that was Jungle Girl's way of saying that she's next. Now, we've had Jungle Girl be avoided by Tessa Blanchard throughout this thing because she's, she's asked, she being Jungle Girl, asked for one-on-one matches, and Tessa has not decided to oblige that as of yet. This could be the setup for that. But it also sets another thing back up with the Beast <laughs> because after that, we have the cameras follow Jungle Girl, and she goes into the locker room. She just walks right on in. And she sees the beast and hit it, you know, that they're squaring up with each other face to face. And then that breaks down. It breaks down to a, a shove from the beast, a shove from Junk Girl, you know, a, a smack here and there. And then the next thing you know, 
Junk Girl's driving the beast through a door into the shower area of the locker room. And then we go off the air. So it is it's a lot that's going on. I mean, I I like the idea that the world's championship, wherever do you have a world's championship, is being chased after by not just one person at a time, but multiple people that make that title feel important. It's like, hey, I want a shot. No, I want a shot. So I I like that. I like that <clears throat> uh the champion, even though like I said, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, has has put on some definitive wins in in her match. Although I would like to see some some level of line drawn in the sand. Like, is she babyface or is she heel? I don't I don't really get Tessa's a presentation at times because I know that she comes off as the arrogant heel. I know she more often than not is presented as a as a heel. But you know it's hard to boo somebody when they you know they. Don't really cheat. You know, she Tessa doesn't cheat often, if at all. You know, she she doesn't have anybody do anything for her on the outside or back up and run or, you know, do anything cowardly. I mean, it, it becomes really difficult. She, uh, beyond her attitude, is it's hard to, like, dislike her, you know, in, in my view. Now, I think it works fine. It worked great in this particular episode because there was no – straddling defense as far as the persons that they put her in the ring with. Before, it was an Amber O'Neill, which was a heel versus heel thing. It was a Havoc, which is a heel versus heel thing. It was uh, Serpentine, which potentially was heel versus heel, even though the crowd made Serpentine babyface. Those things were, you know, somewhat open to debate. Here, it was clear Reyes was the uh, was the the babyface there? They wanted her to be face babyface as she should have been the babyface. So it all it all worked out in that regard. Uh, <clears throat> I, I just would like to see a little bit more definition out of that. I'm still not entirely sure where Jungle Girl is with with her transformation. I think that she is going heel, but all I mean, and we're basing that off of the actions that she did during her match. But we also have to take into account that she has a valid point. It's not like Junk Girl is making these things up. I mean, it, it would be – if she just got to the point where it was unreasonable and it drove her into being a heel, you know, or doing more dastardly stuff, I could I could certainly see the heel turn there. But as it stands right now, aside from her being aggressive, uh, she hasn't done anything that I would really consider out of – not the norm, but – she hasn't done anything that that isn't unjustifiable. You know, she she got up in Tessa's foot. Tessa attacked her last week. She in there with a with a with a briefcase, and not not only did Jungle Girl not attack her uh, until the following week to get even, which was perfectly within her right. She waited until after the match. She didn't even cost her the match to do it. She didn't she didn't come in there and and hit her and. Uh, get her pinned so she get a, a quick shot at uh, Reyes as, as being a champion or anything like that. She, she she let well enough alone. Let her have the match and then beat her up there. So uh, it, it's hard for me to boo her as well. The Beast is is still straddling the fence also. I mean, I, I think she's more babyface than heel at this point. But <clears throat> if 
there's a lot of shades of gray. That's probably the best way that I can put it. There's a lot of shades of gray happening here. And whether it works for you or not is a different issue. I've shared my thoughts. I've shared my opinions and, and my review of the entirety of this show. Um, so what say you? I mean, I, I don't have any uh, comments to, to really go over this week. So I will say if you have them, Leave them in the comment section below or send me a, a text or not text. Send me a DM on Facebook or message me, Mr. Green at Hotmail75. Did I, did I get that right? <laughs> I think I put my numbers on the wrong thing. Okay, let's let's try that again. Message me at Mr. Green75 at Hotmail.com. There we go. Mr. Green75 at Hotmail.com. And you can get your questions, comments in, and I'll read them on the air and address them. We can have our, our discussion that way. So I think that's going to do it. So to recap here, for future podcasts, you can get this wherever greater podcasts are available to you. But you can also go to WPNWrestling.com. That's WPNWrestling.com. And you can go and get to the nexus of everything that we produce, everything. The 24-hour stream of all the footage and the podcast, the pictures, the articles, the blogs, it is all there. And uh, you can just uh, go and scroll around to your heart's content. You will, you will be able to find Hey, you'll be able to subscribe. And you can send messages to me there too. I'm just, just all sorts of good stuff that you can do via the uh, Women's Person Network website. And... Uh, <laughs> Upcoming, just just for those, if you haven't checked it out by now, it should be available. I will make a quick plug for the Black Widow versus Ruthless Lala. That's a nice, hard-hitting match. If you haven't seen it yet, you should pop on the uh, WPN, the Women's Processing Network YouTube channel, and that will be available for you to watch along with a plethora of other matches. All you got to do is go down the line. I think we have 75 matches strong right now and still making the march toward 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. We appreciate every single one of you because, like I said, if you're not helping monetarily, the subscriptions and the notifications of the bell of said subscription helps immensely. It means the difference between, you know, the, I want to say staying around and not, but it's pretty close because the, these are what – advertisers and other interested parties look at. They want to know that people are actually listening to and paying attention to your content. So thank you very much to all of you. I really, truly appreciate it. And that's it, folks. That is going to do it for me. This is Mr. Green saying that was a wonderful review. Leave your your vote in the poll both here on YouTube and on our Facebook. Let me know what you thought of the show. And, and before I close this up, if you if you happen to be one of those 12% that are voting no that I didn't like the show, tell me why. I just I just need to know. Tell me why. Why is it that you didn't like the show? What is it that it, it did that just did not work for you? You know, was it the pacing? Was it the people? I mean what? Just just tell me what what there didn't work that made you vote no. Okay? So if that Time to wrap this thing up, close up the shop, and tell you that this is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long, everybody, and we will see you on the next go-round.